In this episode, I invited Simon and Lawrence to talk about COVID passports. We discussed the pros and cons of COVID certificates, how this might affect your customers and their experience. If you like this episode, please let us know on LinkedIn or any of your preferred platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done it already. Everybody and welcome to another CX Insider podcast episode. This is Valentina speaking and today I am joined by Simon and Lawrence. Simon is our regular co-host and he appeared in our latest episode about AI and customer feedback. Make sure you check that out. And some of you may know Lawrence. He joined our February episode dedicated to COVID-19 vaccine booking system. And as a matter of fact, today we're also going to talk about vaccine, but in a slightly different context, and that is vaccine passports. A super hot topic at the moment, and our ACF team felt the urge to discuss what this is all about, where this is all going, and most importantly, how this is going to affect your customers. But before we dive deep into the topic, I'll share some key information for some of you who are not managing to keep up with the latest updates, which is frankly quite understandable because decisions on this topic change every, every day. So COVID-19 vaccine passports, what is it? You may, you may heard it under different names like green pass, travel pass, COVID status certificate, digital green certificate. It is essentially the same thing. Maybe the word passport might be slightly misleading because it's, it's not really a passport, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's some kind of COVID health certificate. It's a proof that is showing whether the person who owns the passport has been vaccinated or uh, if not, whether what the results of the latest COVID-19 test is to allow you to freely travel to different countries safely. Now. Uh, what's the current situation? The European Union agreed that the certificates are needed. And some countries, just like Iceland, for example, is going to is planning to open its borders tomorrow, 26th of, of March, to all people, to all travelers who are who have been vaccinated. And Poland, for example, started issuing these certificates. Sweden, Denmark, Estonia are developing these certificates. Now, what's the situation in the UK? We don't know just yet. It's being discussed every day. and But we are sure that there will be at least some form of certificate, passport, that will um, at least allow us to travel to different countries. We don't know whether it's going to be used domestically. We're going to talk about it. For example, like Israel, that's already using these green pass for domestic use. So, gentlemen, Simon, Lawrence, um, what do you think about all of that? You've got 30 seconds. Remember, it's a short episode, so you've got 30 seconds to do to express your opinion starting now. Simon, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, 30 seconds. Uh, okay. Uh, I think actually a lot of what you just said, Valentina, is where, for me, some of the first problems sit in that every country is doing their own thing at the moment. And how does that become an international standard? to actually mm -hmm. allow you to travel, you know. I think um, there needs to be a bit more of a global approach to it because it is quite important, isn't it? Because obviously there's pros and cons. Obviously, my belief, the, so I'm, I'm on the fence, if I'm going to be completely honest, because I think the cons against 
this kind of passport are kind of ones that are evident from not enough kind of pro- due process or uh, rules or restrictions or guidelines in place at the moment to, to, to manage it because, you, you know, employers could start restricting staff going to offices if they don't have the vaccine and, and restaurants and venues and, and entertainment events could restrict you from going in when in reality there may well be an underlying reason as to why you haven't had the vaccine you might have an allergy to it or something so you're kind of eliminating the ability for certain group of people to be able to do certain things but just roughly i know i'm going over my 30 seconds now the pros i i think the pros in the long run are worth it because i think this is moving much more towards that kind of data analysis that idea of having um more data about individuals and us accepting the fact that maybe a health passport will exist for us to kind of analyze that data prevent future pandemics prevent travel out of certain areas where we can see kind of viruses um coming about so yeah i do i'm I'm still on the fence i'm undecided maybe lawrence can change my mind i'm not sure (laughs) yep obviously there are pros and cons to this and it 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 kind of mirrors the whole covid situation um as, as a whole covid has been a very dividing period for everybody really you know lots of different aspects around the the effect of COVID, conspiracy theories going around, uh, mistrust, as well as, uh, you know, a sense of community and people coming together. It's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and we've seen all of those things come into play over the last year. Um, and I, I, I think that will continue into the discussion of vaccine passports, essentially. Uh, a lot of people probably don't realize that vaccine passports are already a thing. So if you need to travel to various countries in Asia or Africa, you will be required to show that you have had vaccination for certain things like yellow fever, polio, typhoid, those sorts of things, hepatitis, cholera, you'll have to ha- have to demonstrate that you have had a vaccination for those things. So there's no reason technically why that sort of thing shouldn't continue for other um, easily transmissible infections such as COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess that now you are talking about very like specific and maybe small amount of countries. But if we talk about the whole world, every country in Europe is now developing its own certificate. How would you create a safe, secure certificate? It may be quite tricky, you know, like like countries don't even know whether it's going to be in paper. Is it going to be an app? Is it safe? And, and one that can be internationally validated as well, Valentina. Exactly, that's, yeah. That, that's the good thing. But then we're, we're able to internationally validate passports and international IDs, driving licenses. It, it's not beyond the reach to be able to come up with, it doesn't have to be every country adopting exactly the same standard or form of vaccination passport, but it will, it will quickly get adopted or recognize that there are a few different variations going around. Obviously, that leads it open to things like forgery and things, but passports and stuff get forged every day anyway. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the question is how fast, how efficiently uh, can can it be created? Because I already see articles that people buy passports on dark web. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this risk of, of, of a fraud. But what about, what about privacy, for example? Lawrence, you told me yesterday. Yeah. I think it was that you were you had some concerns around that. 
Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned at the start of this, I think this whole pandemic has highlighted a, a kind of recent divide in society. I don't want to get too political about it, but you have had all the cases of people being anti-vaccine, anti-mask, denying that COVID was even a thing. And then obviously the other end of the spectrum where you've had everybody pulling together saying, let's work together as a community to try and beat this thing. Now, obviously those things are probably going to persist into um, privacy concerns. Am I being tracked? Why should I let the government know about my vaccination status? Well, actually, they know a lot about you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But probably more pertinent is where does it stop? We've never had anything, to my knowledge, anything like this in the UK. I don't think there's really many countries in Europe who have vaccination requirements for travel. So it could be a very slippery slope. Where does it stop? If, you've, if, you, if you had a COVID vaccination passport, what if you say, actually, I don't need one because I've got a certain health concern or I have a religious view that I, 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 I don't get the, the vaccination? or some other thing that affects whether you should have it, that now becomes publicly available. So where does this information stop? And that's going to be the challenge going forward. I I think it will, because obviously as well, just to move on from what you said there, Lawrence, obviously that the UK laws, um, employment laws are in place and have been developed to protect employees and employers effectively, haven't they? But but of course, in that process then, as, as a potential employee, you legally do not have to declare certain aspects of your life quite rightly to prevent discrimination in that in that arena you know if you're going for a job and you've got mental health issues and all of that comes about as well you know if if that data is public around your your health to a certain degree does that allow for discrimination against you i think there's so much more to consider isn't there as well on top yeah. of what we've been talking about yeah of course and it's the same thing with people not wearing masks because of certain medical restrictions where do you where do you draw the line as to whether that is a valid reason for not wearing a mask or not and the same thing will go into where do you draw the line for whether you should get a vaccination or not and maybe certain countries won't be too fussed about you having a vaccine passport for covid and other countries will want you to have that vaccine in place. So it gets very mixed now when you start saying, well, actually, I'm exempt from having the vaccine because of such and such situation or whatever. How do you validate that? How do you validate that? How do you have that signed off by a, um, an authorizing body to say, yes, this person is not just saying it, they've actually gone through some sort of check and balance to validate that the reason why they're not having the vaccine is a valid reason, internationally agreed or whatever it is. And to make that effective for international travel, every country needs to have the same regulations and guidelines, exactly, or at least yeah. they need to be in alignment, don't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's not as easy as we thought. Um, the passports do offer opportunities for people who would like to work abroad, you know, and th- this will allow them to, or it maybe work. Uh, as an incentive, maybe it will encourage people to get the vaccine, but there are like very big risks of fraud, <laughs> buying certificates on dark web, um, privacy, as, as Lauren said, and then discrimination, as, uh, as that was being said as well. For example, if we issue, if we start issuing passports in the UK, 
my friend who lives near Birmingham already got a, got a text message saying that she could, and she's 25 years old, and she could get a vaccine. My friends living in the Czech Republic who are the same age will probably get the vaccine next year wow. because it's that bad at the minute. So, uh, Yeah, exactly. And we know that there are quite a few countries in the world that have extremely limited supply of COVID mm -hmm. vaccinations at the moment because it's such a new thing. Mm -hmm. How long that will last for? Eventually, hopefully, they will get their required COVID, COVID vaccine supply, but they might not. Some of the poorer countries might not get much at all. And then with, yeah, obviously with looking at the capability of the country you're traveling to, to support you, should you fall ill, are we going to have kind of medical assessments before you leave? You're going to have to be validated kind of 24 hours before to check that you're in a healthy state to travel to a certain country. And if you're not, it depends what you've got, whether they've got the capability to support you medically when you get there. I mean, you bring up a, a really good point there as well, Simon, about being checked before you travel. We don't know about the longer term aspects of COVID and variations of COVID either. Flu, for example, has so many different variations that you can end up requiring annual flu jabs. Well, I think that does exist in the medical world. I think doctors do annually have to have, I think it's hepatitis every year. So they yep. have to, and it has to be registered and logged that they have. So they, these things do exist in certain roles and positions, don't they? So we might, we might, it, it might turn out that COVID is a similar sort of thing that you end up having. It, it becomes more of a norm of society to have your annual COVID jab. And therefore, we now need to check, have you had the latest updated version of the COVID vaccination? Who knows into the future? There's so many unknowns that are we taking a gamble introducing this vaccine passport or are we being you know, preventative? Well, at the moment, the UK government petition website, the, the, the petition to have a vaccine passport is over 300,000. And mm -hmm. the petition to not roll one out is, is just 5,000. So. Very interesting. It would be very interesting to see if there's statistics from other countries. Because we know that this country has been very accepting of the vaccine. You know, we've had an extremely fast rollout and there hasn't been particularly much pushback against having the vaccine or denial of, of that sort of thing. There's not been too much conspiracy stuff floating around. Some other countries you've seen far greater divides and therefore they might push back on having a COVID vaccination passport much harder. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Lawrence. Um, we're slightly over 30 seconds. Just okay. to, to quickly <laughs> respond to what you were saying, you're absolutely right. I was actually just reading an article about it yesterday that at the beginning of the vaccine rollout in the UK, I think over 60, around 60% 60 of, the, of the British population were pro-vaccine. That comparing to the surveys being done in the Czech Republic, and I talk about, I repeat Czech Republic because I come from that country, it was around 30%. 30% was wanted to get a vaccine. Everyone was, and else was against it. Now, what do you do about it? Um, there is an extreme distrust in the, in the government, in the, in the country. That, that does move to politics, doesn't it? Because that is so interesting how every country has got a different kind of opinion from the, the general public based upon the information that's being given to them. Yeah, yeah. This article that was uh, published, a BBC article was published two hours ago, actually. It was about, it was a, sub a summary of what was said at Wednesday's House of Commons liaison committee hearing. 
conservative, and now I'm quoting, conservative William Recht asked Boris Johnson if vaccine certificates were compatible with a free society such as ours. And Boris Johnson said that the concept should not be totally alien to us as doctors have already have to have hepatitis B jabs. Mm. And Mr. Reck then asked, what about ordinary citizens going to the pub? And Boris Johnson said, that's the kind of thing that may be up to individual publicans. That's a, that's a heavy burden. And now, because many of our listeners are decision makers uh, in different organizations, uh, and now we're talking about hospitality, restaurants, pubs, uh, but many other different types of businesses, should this decision be on the on the directors of the organizations, on the CEOs and pub owners to 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 force this, to want this from their customers? I think there's that kind of dream, isn't there? There, where I think Boris is commenting that that an employers have a responsible kind of approach to their customers and their staff. So it's their decision based upon how they want to protect their workforce and and their customers. But I think that does as we all know, leave it open to abuse where some employers simply don't care and want profit margins over safety. So it won't work in all instances, will it? Clearly that approach. It's crazy because it doesn't really, it just puts the burden on a different authority, you know, mm. um, and it will create a huge division among customers who just want to go to a pub and have a beer yep. and they yep. can't. <laughs> yeah, that is it. And then the other side of it is this is the government imposing more rules around what we do and how we do it. Yeah, You know, as a customer, as a consumer, if you're not happy walking in somewhere, then simply don't walk in, find somewhere else. I mean, that's quite a simple view of it. But again, I think it's a minefield of unintended consequences at the moment. And I, and I don't think we've kind of analysed all of the potential outcomes of passports and guidelines and restrictions. We've been um, talking about vaccine passports from the perspective of being a passport, i.e. travel. But obviously we've heard today about the pubs being required to accept a vaccine passport of some sort. It's only been discussed about pubs and restaurants at the moment, but this may expand into other areas. Um, what will be the consequences of different industries wanting to adopt a vaccine passport or not? Yeah, I think it's the same thing about masks at the be at the beginning of the pandemic because the, the I think in the UK it wasn't mandatory right at the beginning. They just le left it upon the different like business owners um, whether they want their customers to wear masks. And this might be a similar situation, but much much worse because you either wear a mask or not. But forcing someone to have a vaccine in order to have a coffee. Yeah, I don't. Th I don't. Th I don't think it's the forcing someone to have the vaccine to get a coffee. I think it's forcing someone to carry a piece of documentation showing that they have had the vaccine. Yeah, no, you're right. That, I exaggerated that's, that's a bit. That's the yeah. thing that I think people will have more objection to than just having the vaccine. Having the vaccine is conscientious. You're helping society. Those sort of things. Um, and uh, I think most people in this country, at least, are in agreement with that. Um, obviously, there is a, you know, a flip side, people objecting to it for, for specific reasons. But carrying a documentation with you that may be centrally held, recorded, could be vulnerable to hacking, as well as maybe reasons why you have exempted from it. That is a far deeper topic that would need analysis.
Well, the only reason I had the vaccine was because uh, Boris said that you might not be allowed in your local pub. So um, I think that says more about me, but maybe <laughs> they should. I like the I like the, the WhatsApp messages that go around during lockdown. If they just put the COVID vaccine in alcohol and in let alcohol, Boris open yeah. pubs, the problem <laughs> would be solved within a couple of days, you know. <laughs> So we're getting to the end of the episode and to close this episode a bit uh, and conclude on the things that we have discussed, Lawrence, how do you think that these pa passports could be actually um, done effectively technology-wise? Being that we are in the age of modern mobile technology, the, the first thing I see is that there would be some sort of mobile application, maybe integrating with... Uh, Apple Passport or Android Passport, where you can quickly display on your phone a relative, uh, you know, the, the relevant vaccination passport approval, whatever it might be. That may already exist for other vaccine travel requirements. I don't know actually. I've not looked into. How you get um, non-technically savvy people to adopt that is more difficult. We'd have to start having a paper copy of some sort um, distributed. It gets a little bit more challenging. What I haven't heard mentioned by the government is who or what authorizing body would actually create and distribute these vaccine passports. Would it be a centralized thing? Would you have lots of independent companies offering these, certif offering these certifications and therefore lots of different passes form? We don't know yet. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for joining this episode today. Thanks very Thank much. You. Good fun. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. If you did, let us know. And on behalf of the entire CX Insider team, we wish you happy Easter and see you next time.